0: Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch. Uh, For any of those times, but also want to encourage you to be with us in person, 830 Central Time at exit 124 right there at White Mills in the Eastview exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 1030. Also our Wednesday night services at 633. Seek ye first the kingdom of God hallelujah but anyway god bless you I hope this message just uh, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome be encouraged and know that jesus loves you god bless
1: turn with me to the second chronicles chapter seven you've probably seen this verse and maybe read this verse uh, we've seen it a lot recently One of the while you're turning there, one of the greatest examples or responses I think we can we can see in Scripture is in Daniel chapter three when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are facing King Nebuchadnezzar and they they he basically in my terms and he says why are you not bowing down before uh, this image that I've created and and their response is is so awesome and the way they respond is really I think the way that God would have us to respond, it's unapologetically uh, being rooted and grounded on what we believe and what we know, Um, and and in in facing some uncertainty, I think that may be why their boldness seemed to stick out so much to me, is in facing this uncertainty, they had this boldness, their response was, uh, "O king, we are not careful to answer thee. It says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. This is in uh, Daniel 3, verse 17. He's able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. But if not, so all of us believe that God can deliver us. I don't think there's probably anybody here that doesn't have a belief within them, as Wayne was saying, if we could get over that hump. I think we're probably all to a place to where we believe God can. But is our faith or is our response, is our worship shaken just a little bit if he doesn't do it the way that we want him to? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they respond and they say, the God whom we serve, he is able to deliver us. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God. Even if God decides to deliver me in a different way than I think thee will, I'm not going to stop praising him. And facing uncertainty... Today, maybe, the prayers that we've been praying for a long time, maybe God is telling us, wait. And that's tough. I don't like that answer. I don't like wait. But is our response to him based on what he can do for me today? Or am I going to continue to praise him even in uncertain times? I think we would all probably agree over the last 18 months there's been some uncertain time. I don't want to call him back, but there was a guy came all the way from Montana just to be here with us tonight. Back there with Charlie. We're glad to have you, Logan. But in facing uncertainty, how do we respond? And I think in this verse, God tells us how we are to respond. David has, this, has, has, has felt that there needs to be a place for God to reside. And he gives Solomon a charge to build this temple so that the ark can reside and so that the presence of God can reside in this one place instead of being in these tents. And it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, starting at verse 12, and the Lord, this is after he has built the temple, and the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place for myself, Chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. And here's this verse, it's very familiar, and and probably we could all recite it out loud. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal, heal their land. Amen. Gracious God, tonight we're thankful, Lord, that you have called us into this place, Lord, that has been ordained for uh, this, this time of worship. Lord, that, that you not only inhabit the, the four walls of this building, but, Lord, you inhabit even our own selves, even our own spirits. We thank you, God, that, that we don't necessarily have to come to this place to encounter you, but what a great time it is. Tonight, God, we we see this response that you have given to Solomon, and, Lord, it, it still rings true today. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. God, that you give us hope. We thank you tonight, and we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jake. I hope it doesn't come across as um, sometimes the term we'll hear is is a little bit teachy, but the way <clears throat> the way God spoke to me through this and I, and I've said this many times before, and it seems like the way that uh the way that he interacts with me is breaking these things down and looking at it in smaller segments and the way he speaks, and, and maybe all of the segments are not necessarily for you, but maybe one of them, God will grasp um, a, a hold of you, and it'll, and it'll shake you a little bit into your, into your spirit. But we look at this, and in facing, some of us today would probably agree that we're facing uncertain times. Maybe that is uh, uh, political. Maybe that is um, uh, through the pandemic. Maybe this is some sort of uh, insecurity you have with yourself. Maybe it's something that's going on with your family and, and again I believe we all know that God can but what if God delays it a little bit and he makes us wait or what if uh, what if things are not moving exactly with the pace that we want it to we want God to answer our prayers whenever we pray on yesterday but God speaks to us and it's amazing. Charlie, that God would speak this to King Solomon several thousand years ago, but the effect that it can still have upon us today and us tonight in this very place, as we can hear God speak to us, Jim, just as I believe he spoke to King Solomon, he was speaking this to me, and he's speaking this to you. And he says, if I shut off heaven and there's no rain, if I sin locust, if I sin pestilence, and I wonder tonight if we ask those questions of ourselves, how do we respond when things don't exactly go the way that we want them to? We want it to be smooth sailing, but sometimes it gets a little rocky. How do we respond to God? Do we continue to fall down on our face or do we begin to question God sets us up here a little bit and He says, and He gives us this verse. And I think it's interesting that He starts out here in this verse and and the way that it spoke to me is He started out and He says, if. I'm reading that in that first word, if. And that tells me for myself and for you that there's a choice. That each of us tonight had a choice whether or not we would come and be in this service tonight. Each of us. Have a choice on Sunday morning whether we get up and we go to church. I was talking to somebody uh, today, and they were talking about the upbringing that they had, and it was kind of funny. They said, I didn't have a choice whenever I was a kid. We were going to church, period. And thank God for that. I don't think I was ever drug kicking and screaming, but if I wanted to kick and scream, I'm sure Mama would have still got me to church. But we have a choice on how we are going to respond. Are we going to be, uh, have our own pity party sometimes and we're going to throw up our hands and oh, woe is me and I just can't get a leg up and I just can't seem to get things going in the right direction or are we going to be like those three boys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and we're going to say, God, you're able to deliver us and even if you don't, we're still going to praise you. Just as Wayne was talking about, if everyone would believe that God loves you unconditionally, I think for us, if each of us would make it a, uh, make it a conscious decision in ourselves today, as I wake up and everything I do and everything I say, I'm going to praise him today. And I'm going to follow after him. And when we get to that point, church, we talk a lot about revival. I think we experience revival when we decide, today, I'm going to pick Jesus. Jesus. Today, I'm going to follow after him. Today, I'm not going to uh, allow my flesh to win. I'm not going to allow my own personal desires to win. Today, when I have the choice, I'm going to pick Jesus. God speaks to Solomon and he starts out and he says, if. So tonight, maybe some of you all have an if in your mind. You've got a choice. You're at a crossroads. And I have no clue what that crossroads might be. And it really doesn't matter that you know And God knows is all really that matters. That maybe God is calling you in a certain direction and he's calling out to you and he's saying, will you do this? If you trust me, will you follow me? If you believe, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you believe in me that I will deliver you, Will you you close your eyes physically, open your eyes spiritually, and follow after me? So for us, when we're facing maybe possibly these uncertain times, and we come to that if, let's pick Jesus. Let's pick Jesus. Regardless of what society says, Regardless of what might seem to be popular in today's time, because it leads into this next part, it says, if my people, that we get to be as the church, we get to be identified to be his people of the one true living God. Now there are a bunch of little G gods, but we're following after the right one. There's a lot of stuff that could be our God. There's a lot of choices that we have. If we follow after this one God, maybe it sues our flesh for just a few minutes, but the end thereof is destruction. But if my people, that I get to be, as Wayne said earlier, and maybe it was in his prayer, the one that created billions of stars, we get to be identified as his people, and that's awesome. It's almost incomprehensible for me how a God that is so great that can create the universe still loves me enough and he wants to have a relationship with me and he wants to have a relationship with you and he wants to hear from you every day. If my people, and then it says who are called by my name. Today we are called the term Christian. The best definition I ever had of that, a guy I used to work for he said to be a Christian is to be Christ like. So if I am calling myself, if I am identifying and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of junk in the world today about the way that people identify themselves. Whew. Yeah. How do I want to identify myself? I can identify myself as a lot of different things, but you can't identify identify me as a girl. Let's all say it together. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I can be identified as a man, but I can be identified as a lot of different things and maybe those things somehow make me feel good about myself. I think what it actually does is it takes the uh, the attention away from the actual problem. And that problem being sin those things that just ease our flesh a little bit. But I get to be identified with my God, Jehovah, the one who created me, the one who sustains me, the one who keeps me, the one whenever I'm hurting, he wraps his arms around me and he loves me, the one that whenever I feel, <clears throat> I feel afraid, he comes and he lets me know, hey, I'm still here. If my people who are called by my name today At this point, being Christians, we being those people who are called after the name, I wonder what kind of representative of Christ that we are in our lives every day. Sometimes I blow it. Sometimes I'm not a very good representative. Sometimes I'm not a very good ambassador for the kingdom of God. Every once in a while, God will let me know that that He is pleased with something that I've done, and I can feel, and I think it's okay to feel this way that God has pleasure in a response that we've had, that we have done the right thing. Maybe it's a heavenly attaboy that God calls us to be whatever it is and we stand boldly like maybe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and we say regardless of what happens to our bodies, I'm gonna put my hands or I'm gonna put my life in God's hands and most importantly, not just our physical life but our eternal life. If my people who are called by my name So we've established that we, being the kingdom of God, being uh, um, uh, the Christian, being followers of Christ, we've identified who we are and we've identified that we have a choice. And hopefully within that choice, we we decide that we're going to pick Jesus every single time. We come to a crossroads. Maybe we just simply bow our head and we say, God, which direction should I go? Which way is the right way? Is it the way... Uh, that will bring glory to myself or is it the way that I can bring glory to the Heavenly Father? And I guarantee you when we decide to pick that path to bring glory to Jesus Christ, he'll take care of the blessing on us, far greater than even what men are able to do if my people who are called by my name. And And it was interesting, again, as I said, the way this verse began to unfold a little bit in my mind, it says, shall humble themselves. If my people, who are called by my name, put the verse up and just leave it, leave it up there, verse number fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, what a place to start! That I would humble myself, and I would decide that my own agenda, my own desires, my own hopes uh, in in my flesh, even that I have to set those things aside, and I have to set my eyes upon things. Uh, that are above not things that can give us temporal peace but things that can give us eternal peace that I humble myself and I say Lord Jesus without you I'm sunk I can't do anything but with you all things are possible amen when I'm facing that uncertainty and I'm and I'm nervous and I'm anxious and I'm excited and I say God which path do you want me to do God calls us I think Kenny in a um, um, in a peaceful way, and he, humbles us, or he calls us to be humbled and to seek his face. We'll get into that a little bit. But it also says there that they shall humble themselves. That I would humble myself because I can tell Jim all day what he's doing wrong and how bad his sins are and how not so bad mine are. How easy it might be for me to be able to humble Jim and say, Jim, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to respond this and you need to respond that. But God is calling out tonight to us churches. He's saying, I want you to humble yourself and I don't want you to worry about the calling of somebody else. I want you to be concerned about the calling and the relationship that we have one-on-one. And when you and I get in a place to where we're going in the same direction and you're listening to me and you're taking the steps that I'm telling you or that I'm uh, leading you to take, then we can begin to see a change. Then we can begin to see that we can have an effect on those people that are lost. When I decide, hey, I'm not able to do the calling that God has for you, I've got to focus on the calling that God has for me that I would humble myself, that I wouldn't sweep those sins under the carpet and I would point my finger over at somebody else and I'd say, don't look at me, look at him. Man, he's a pretty rough guy. He needs to repent. How many times do we think that? Man, they're living an awful life. They need to repent. Maybe we need to look at our own life. And I'm not talking about those, those big, huge sins that people commit that we see on TV and we think how bad they are. It's those little sins that we commit, eh, it's probably not that bad to tell this little white lie. It's probably not that bad to be caught up in this gossip at the water cooler at work. It's probably not that bad to whatever it is you fill in the bank, but the Lord is calling us tonight, church, to humble ourselves and to focus upon what he is speaking to each of us. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and how, how do we get to that point of humbling ourselves? Uh, uh, what does that look like? The next thing it says that we pray. And seek my face. That we've humbled ourselves and we say, okay, God, I'm going I'm, I'm to focus on you. And we begin to have a conversation with him. I, I've, I've used this analogy many times. We hear psychiatrists and psychologists and, and all those other ologists speak about uh, healthy communication in a marriage. My grandmother, the day that my grandfather uh, passed away... Um, Granddaddy died in March. If I think it was March, if he would have lived to October of that same year, they would have been married 75 years. 74 and a half years, they made it. And granny said at the hospital, whenever they unhooked granddaddy from the uh, from the machines, and he ultimately, uh, he ultimately passed. She she loved to tell people that she had been married 74 and a half years. <clears throat> And she looks at the nurse, and she says, "And we were still talking to each other. Mostly, it was Granny talking to Granddaddy, and him smiling and nodding. But the but but if you ask them the secret to this great marriage that they had, they might give you the answer that it was communication. And it's and it's amazing to have this uh, relationship with Jesus Christ that we should have is that we should communicate with Him, and that communication shouldn't all be just one way of me." calling off my list of prayer requests to God. Maybe it should be that I would shut up and I would listen. That I would stop talking and I would stop asking for this and this and this and giving God my laundry list, but maybe I would just listen to him to what he has to say to me. That if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and listen and seek my face and say, God, I don't know what tomorrow holds but I'm going to be looking for you. I don't know what next week is going to bring, but God, I know that you're going to be right there for me, to hold your, uh, for me to be able to hold your hand through that darkness. I know, God, that you're going to be able to be there to deliver me from that fiery furnace or whatever else it is. And then we listen to God, and he begins to speak to us. And he begins to tell us that he loves us when it seems like there's so much aggravation and darkness in this world. When we turn on the TV or turn on the radio and you listen to the news and you hear of the, these horrible things that are going on in the world and you shut that stuff off and you turn on your spiritual radio and you begin to listen and Jesus begins to release to you a message of hope. I know the thoughts that he has for me. He has a plan for me, and He has a plan for each one of each and every one of us. I'm thankful for the relationships that I have in this room, for the people that God has allowed us to be able to uh, uh, link our past together and link our um, um, our callings together. For people as far as Somerset, or people as far as Arizona, or Montana. And even those Yankees up north, (laughs) that a group of like-minded people would say, hey, you know what? I'm not able to do it by myself. I've got God, and he sends this rushing uh, fellowship of people to be around you. Wow. Wow that I can seek God's face through the counsel of my brothers and sisters. I can seek God's face through the counsel of those uh, that I have a trust in, that I can seek God's face and say, hey, I'm I'm having a tough time right now. Let me tell you about it. And Maybe God, just maybe God has sent you through that fire too, and you can tell that person what it's like and how God was able to revive you going through that fire, and you came out the other side and you were better than you were whenever you went in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out of the fire and it says that they didn't even smell like smoke because the fire had no effect on them. And that's the God that we serve that whenever we're going through those things that even the fire won't have an effect on us if we keep our eyes focused on him because there's a fourth man in that fire. And that fourth man will continue to walk with us if we humble ourselves and if we pray and if we seek his face. And maybe that looks a little bit different to maybe that looks a little bit different to all of us. Maybe that looks a little bit different. And I think those first few things there, those first few things are inward. That we humble ourselves, that's inward. That we pray. Some people can pray out loud, and it sounds like that they can call heaven down and just get it right in your lap in front of you. But for some people, prayer is a very personal and a very quiet time. That's an inward thing. Maybe seeking his face is an inward thing for you. But the first thing that he calls that is an action for us is that we would turn from our wicked ways. That we have these things that are going on within us and God is beginning to refine us and he's beginning to improve us and he's working on us on the inside. And then he calls us, I think, maybe if we look at it from this, he calls us to make this public and he tells us, you're going down this way, I want you to stop and I want you to go the other way and I want you to follow after me and I don't want you to apologize for it. To tell people how good my God is. Because we probably could all agree that we went down those paths that, that we could look ahead and we could see destruction. The prodigal son, it said that he wasted all of his inheritance on riotous living. We can probably come up with our own definition maybe of what that riotous living might be for us. But eventually he came to himself and he turned and whenever he went home, his daddy was right there to receive him. So God is calling us today, church, that we would turn from our wicked ways and that we would go toward him. And I believe when we seek him, we can find him. When we call out to him, I believe he'll answer us, regardless of what those wicked ways were. We hear people sometimes say, I've been too bad. I've got to clean myself up before I come to the Lord. When we say that I've been too bad, we're minimizing the ability of Jesus Christ to forgive sin. When he he hung on the cross, it was for all sin and that I can turn from my wicked ways and I can turn to his face and right there he is with his arms stretched out wide, ready to receive me. I believe that prodigal son, when he came back, he had to smell like hogs and I believe he probably stunk, but his daddy still wrapped his arm around him and he kissed him on his neck and he received him unto himself. So I believe whenever uh, Aaron, when we, I just called you Aaron, nobody's ever called you Aaron here before. When we turn from those wicked ways and maybe we, maybe we don't think those wicked ways are that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't commit those big sins but I've still got some things in my life that I need to get better. I'm gonna turn from those wicked ways and I'm gonna start following after my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm gonna stop worshiping at the altar of Harley Davidson and I'm gonna start worshiping at the altar of Jesus Christ. That in and of itself, a motorcycle's no big deal. But when it becomes your God, it's a huge deal. Whatever you've got going on, man, I like to go fishing. But if my fishing got in the way of my relationship with God, it would be a problem. That was for you, Todd. Yeah. <clears throat> Todd's a better fisherman than I am. <clears throat> but if my if my people, we have that choice. We are identified to be walking and talking with Christ. We, we've decided that I'm going to humble myself. And I'm not going to worry about trying to get other people to humble themselves until I get myself right and I pray and I seek my face, and uh, I seek his face and I turn from my wicked ways. I think when we meet those conditions, that the Lord gives us a promise. Just the same as he gave Solomon a promise several thousand years ago, I think we can still hang our faith on these promises that he gives us. And he said, then, maybe I'll hear you from heaven. Nope. He says, then, if I'm in a good mood, I'll hear you and I'll respond. Nope. He says, then, will I hear from heaven? Not if, not maybe. Not on the third Friday of the month. He says, I will hear from heaven and to know that when we pray as, as alone as alone as we can feel in this world, we could be stru- stuck on a deserted island, thousands of miles away from anybody, but God, there, there, there's, a, uh, there's, there's something about his presence when he shows up in our life and he spiritually wraps his arms around us and we crawl up in his lap just like maybe we did when we were a kid to his daddy. I think that's whenever he hears from heaven and he wraps his arms around us and he lets us know that we're there. And he says, I will. I will hear from heaven. I will take care of you. He says that I will forgive you of your sins so you don't have to be lugging around this condemnation. I will forgive you of your sins so you don't have to be dragging around all that junk so that you don't have to be uh, burdened down with those wicked ways that you used to have, that you can be free in Jesus' name, that you can know liberty and that you can continue to walk in his righteousness, not in our own righteousness, but that he will forgive us. That really hit me kind of in a little bit of a different way that, that we don't have to be condemned by our past sins anymore, but that we can be free When we call out to him and we say, God, I I blew it again, that he will forgive us again. And not just seven times, 70 times, but as many times as we'll humble ourselves and we'll pray and we'll seek his face, he'll be right there. How many of you all would agree tonight that our land needs healing? Jake, if you want to go ahead and come on. I was reading that, and, I, and the thought runs through my mind, and it says, and I will heal their land. We serve a big God, and he's able to heal everything, but I, tr- I tried to make this a little bit personal, and, and I want you, each of you all, to make this personal for yourself for just a minute. And it says, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. And I thought, God, what is my land? There's a valley down in the corner of Edmondson County, in the corner of Grayson and Butler and Edmondson County where I grew up. And even, even though it's just a few miles from here, it seems like sometimes a long way off. But that's a very precious place to me, and that's my land where I grew up. And God would speak, and he says that I can heal their land. God speaks, and he says, I can heal your family. I can heal your homeland. Maybe that homeland is on the other side of the world. Maybe that homeland is just up the street from where you're living right now. But God is big enough that no matter where that is, God can heal your homeland. Possibly for many of us, some of the most precious uh, pieces of dirt that exist in this world is where we grew up. And even though maybe we've moved away from them, those places are still, they still hold a very uh, a very precious spot in our in lives. Our, uh, a very precious place in our heart. God's big enough to heal that. So then I went on to the next, and God, what else is my land? And, and here in Litchfield, me and my wife, we own a lot that's probably not much bigger than the inside of this building that our house sits on. About a, I don't know, maybe a half an acre. Today, that's what I own. That's my land. God can heal us personally. Whatever my shortcomings are, whatever my, uh, uh, whatever problems that I have in my life, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, God gets down on a personal level with us and he can heal those personal problems that we have. When I humble myself and I pray and I seek his face, Charlie, he can get personal down with me and he can heal those problems that I have. He can heal my land. <clears throat> And then I was thinking about the land, uh, uh, my homeland, the land that I actually own. And then I got to thinking about what land am I a part of? I'm a part of Litchfield. God can heal Litchfield. I'm a part now of Grayson County. We, we say 26, 27,000 people. And it should be a desire for us that every twenty six or 27,000 of them, every one of them would be saved our God can heal all 26,000 of those. That God can heal our land, our county. I haven't done a bunch of traveling, but I've done a little bit of traveling and I'm always glad to come home. And I lived in, in Tennessee when I was in, or is anybody here from Tennessee? Good, I can talk bad about Tennessee. I was glad to get home from Tennessee They wear that old stinky orange color down there. Just like Grayson County. But think and 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 we say this probably in joking sometimes, but, but thank God that that God made us to be from Kentucky. I'm proud to be from Kentucky. And there's some great places around this world that I've got to travel to, but I'm always glad to get back to Kentucky. It seems like when we're on a trip and we come back and you pass that state line down on 65, coming back up just on this side of Nashville, when you pass over into Kentucky, it's almost like we made it. God's big enough to heal Kentucky. That we might be known as a group of people that would follow after Jesus Christ more than we would be known for bourbon that's made up the road. I believe that God is that big that he can heal our, let's give him some praise. (laughs) Bigger than a horse race, God heal our land. And then finally, God blessed us and put us in the greatest nation in the world, I think, in the United States of America. Man, there's some junk going on in our country, but I'm still thankful that he made me here. And my God is big enough to heal the United States of America. And I think just maybe, no, not maybe, certainly, that that healing can start within his kingdom and his church. That if we will turn from our wicked ways whether it's physically we fall down on our face before him or spiritually we fall down and get down on our knees and we say, God, heal our country. And man, there's plenty of stuff to pray for. God can heal that land too. So whatever that land is, whether it's extremely personal to you or whether it's as broad as the United States of America, I think it can be summed up in just two words. God can. God can. But sometimes he calls us to put legs and feet on our prayers. And he calls us into action. As you stand to your feet tonight, maybe God... Maybe God has pricked your heart in a way and, and really in reading and studying this that, that the way God speaks to me and, and the way that I have the opportunity to respond to him and it seems almost teachy in my mind the way he works with me and maybe that's the way it came out to you but maybe tonight God has spoken to you through, th- through some of this and, and maybe you feel like that you need to respond some way. You've got that opportunity right now to step up and, and come to this altar and pray. You've got the opportunity to pray there at, at your seat. But maybe right now you feel that that you haven't quite turned away from those wicked things yet. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. Man, it'd be a great night to do that. What a great opportunity this would be. Maybe you need to turn from those wicked ways. Maybe you need to humble yourself. Maybe you just need to pray and you need to seek his face and say, God, here I am. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I pray that you would help me and you would use me in healing this land, whatever that is. Tonight, God can. Gracious God, tonight, Lord, we believe that whatever the circumstances are that are going on in the hearts of your people tonight, you can. That God, you give us a choice. And you set forth these standards before us, Lord. And when we meet these standards, God, We can see this response that you say you will. That you will hear us from heaven. That you will forgive us of our sins. That you will heal our land. Whatever's going on in the hearts of your people tonight, Lord, we find hope and we find strength and we find an abundance of peace to know that you can. We thank you tonight, God, that we can be called after your name. And hopefully, Lord, when people look at us, that they don't see us, but they see the Jesus that's within us. We love you tonight in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.